Hey everyone, welcome back to either the podcast. Again, sorry for my voice, I am still in Pack South recovery mode, but we have another interview this time with Alex Saray, one of the producers on Dungeon Defenders Awakened from Chromatic Games. Find out what makes this next game in the franchise so special and how the studio dedicates itself to avoiding things like crunch as well as listening to his community. So thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So I'm uh, Alex Ray. I'm a producer at Chromatic Games. Uh, I handle production for uh, all of our content, all of our design. Uh, I split also some of our marketing responsibilities. Uh, I look over all of our social media. Uh, I'm the director for community management as well. Um, and pretty much just anything that comes my way. Uh, so what I do is I help make sure that uh, all the work that we need to get done gets done on time. So we have everything laid out in calendars that say when tasks need to be done. Uh, I work with our teams to make sure that, you know, with our content, that the direction that we need to be going in is fulfilled so that we don't have to have back and forth with our directors constantly. Um, work with our design to make sure that we're getting builds out on time so that we can have stuff play tested. I'm also constantly playing the game, providing feedback and making like iteration with our design team. Um, and then also doing stuff like getting ready for packs, like making sure the office is still functioning uh, and whatever else I can pick up. Is there oh, anything gosh. that you do not do? Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, Nat Stonecipher is uh, what we call my work husband. Uh, so he's the other producer and he handles uh, production for uh, our engineering team and our QA team and also splits uh, marketing with me. Awesome. Um, so you talked about timelines and uh, what we were walking up here you you mentioned that the game y'all only worked on this uh, on dungeon defenders for 11 months yeah it's so, like no crunch <laughs> so uh so uh augie Light bought the company back uh in december of 2018 and kind of throughout there we were kind of figuring out what our next steps were while still supporting our uh previous title dungeon defenders too uh so we kind of locked down the direction we wanted to go in february of last year and then we've spent 11 months just developing on that um so we've got a game that you know roughly about a year of development we're going to be releasing uh towards the end of next month um that we're like super happy with and anytime we tell people it's kind of the same reaction like what yeah <laughs> that's how like a pre-alpha is um but no like we we've it's insane the amount of work that we've gotten and we've with our studio we probably are like we've got uh, like three to four people from the dungeon defender one days uh probably how, how do the percentages work? Uh, like <laughs> probably 50 to 60% of the studio was here during Dungeon Defender 2. And then oh. everyone else we've hired on, uh, like we pulled students from different universities, like uh, Full Sail University, uh, University of Florida. Um, and hand, there's a, a bunch of different just game schools kind of in that area. Uh, we brought them on as fresh talent and kind of helped cultivate that a little bit. And they've been like putting out phenomenal work ever since. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so what do you think that stems from? Because we're here, there are, uh, a lot of panels here that we've we've seen they're like this is what it's like in the gaming industry there's lots of uh there is lots of that you know crunch and we talked um yesterday for for our halo panel like how they just crunched that game together in like basically a few months so what do you think makes like chromatic game different is it because you guys like a lot of you already worked on dungeon defenders one so you're just like oh we got this mm -hmm. or is it just a just a just general culture thing that you guys call uh, i think it's a little bit of like kind of a b and c there um so the first part is uh like our hiring process we are pretty strict on it like we're we're an indie studio we understand that like we 
We don't want to be super crazy large, but with that, it's going to come a lot of responsibility for every role. So during the interview process, we get a ton of applicants in and we really scrutinize kind of portfolios, what work they've done before, what their experience kind of is, if they have any, uh, which is not like a th- we brought in a lot of students as well. Um, and so people that we were really comfortable with uh, that had experience and we brought on as developers through uh, first a phone interview and then in person and then like uh, give them a tour of the studio with uh, like our engineers. We give them like tests on site. Um, we do some remote testing as well. So we're really thorough when we're bringing people on to make sure that like they're going to be able to survive in the environment. Um, we also like, for instance, with uh, our content team, we try to give people the like tasks that they're going to be good at. So one of those things is like, for instance, I work with content quite a bit and we have a handful of 3d artists. Um, there's a lot of different kinds of 3d art in the game. So there's like organic stuff with like characters, but then there's also hard surface with environments. And even within hard surface, there's pets, uh, or sorry, pets are kind of organic, uh, but there's like, there's weapons, there's environments there's armor um so it's figuring out like you know working with them and figuring out one what they excel at and two what they feel comfortable with yeah and so when delegating tasks out and kind of laying out our entire production timeline it's looking at like oh would person one be better at these things if so they'll get the work done at the quality we need faster than someone else and so it's really getting like very familiar with your coworkers, or at least for me like understanding like anyone who's who's under me for production um that i know what they're capable of and that way we use their time like the most efficiently so I know we've kind of been talking about all this other stuff can you kind of tell us something about Dungeon Defender 2 oh yeah I was, like, I was like we kind of got all the way around like, we're just we're just done. no that's all yeah. good no it's uh, been great so uh so Dungeon Defenders uh is a combination of uh action RPG combat with uh tower defense so what happens is uh you load into a map and you have uh these different lanes where enemies are going to be coming from and then you have a selection of four heroes currently with the base game where you can build walls that'll stop them, towers that'll blow them away, traps that'll also blow them away, uh, and auras that might shock them or hurt them or like they might heal your heroes. So we offer a lot of tools for players to use to decide how they want to attain victory in our game. Uh, and victory is defeating all the enemies that are coming your way. Um, so for, cause since the most recent Dungeon Defenders is a piece of the series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think people who play Dungeon Defenders 1 or Dungeon Defenders 2 are going to, you know, uh, see different from this new game? So a lot of the development for this was a combination between the two. We did a lot of surveying with our current players and uh, players previously, uh, you know, like, what did you like about certain things? So um, the way we built this game was we brought Dungeon Defenders 1 into UE4. We ported the whole game over. And then from there, we used that as the base to work from. And so we sent out surveys like, what towers do you you use what towers don't you use what abilities do you use what abilities don't you use which here are like the same kind of thing uh what are your favorite maps what are your favorite challenges like we, we were really extensive with all the stuff that we were asking and we use that to make data-driven decisions so we're we're setting up ourselves for success by focusing on people like and then the things that people didn't like or weren't using we changed so for instance like our huntress she had an ability that made her invisible but people it was literally ranked the number one it's like 80 percent of people were like this is worthless we don't like this <laughs> at all it doesn't do anything which is fair because enemies just walk down a lane but if your character goes invisible and they're ranged they're not going to care anyways they're going to focus on your character so instead we wanted to make the gameplay for her feel like uh, fulfill her like class fantasy she, so she's an elf and so we gave her an ability called adrenaline rush and what that does is she's able to run faster jump higher shoot faster reload faster 
just like an overall kind of just boost to her gameplay because she's supposed to be a very mobile character. Yeah. Um, so it was looking for opportunities like that to either make something better. So we did like a balance pass on some of the weaker towers. We didn't want to nerf the like good stuff, so we yeah. brought the other stuff up. Um, but also looking for opportunities like, hey, this thing's just not used at all and people don't like it. Maybe we could put something in better that people enjoy a lot more. And so that was kind of our approach with a lot of the gameplay. Um, and then even stuff from like Dungeon Defenders 2 has come in. Like uh, we have these things called lane whiffs that I think some of you guys might have saw yesterday, which dictates where like enemies are going to go. Yeah. Uh, Dungeon Defenders 1 didn't have that. And so people, especially during PAX here, have been like, oh, this is awesome because I can like learn where they're going to go and understand like this is where I need to build. And it's like, yes, that's exactly what it's supposed to do. Um, so we have like a lot of Dungeon Defenders uh, 2 like quality of life stuff that kind of came through. So it's DD1 with a lot of DD2 quality of life brought into it. That's awesome. Um, I know you mentioned, I obviously updating. Um, I know we talked about uh, jumping. Mm-hmm. Um, not all characters could double jump. Oh, so so in DD1, uh, characters all had single jump. And then in DD2, we only had like the monk and a couple other characters that could double jump. Um, and so we kept having people in DD2 ask like, can you give us a way to augment our characters to be able to do that? Um, and so when making DDA, we thought about that quite a bit. There's a bunch of games that we'd also played, like we played a bunch of like MMOs. Uh, so like World of Warcraft added a class that had double jump. Uh, and like Wildstar, all their characters could double jump. So we're like, let's make everyone double jump and see how it feels. And we played it internally. We're like, okay, this feels awesome. Like getting around, like feels great. Uh, there's like a lot of maps we have that have pitfalls in them and so now if you just walk off the edge you can still potentially use double jump like to get back to safety so you, yeah. you it, it adds like a, a mastery of the gameplay if you're able to have those like little moments that aren't actually technically like the main focus of the gameplay uh, but it gets your adrenaline up a little bit and you're like oh yes like hell yeah I did it um, and so that's kind of like the big focus is like we even increase like the base movement speed for a lot of our heroes like the squire in DD1 was like a slug at first and you had to put a lot of points into it to make it move faster uh, and so we brought up his base speed uh, and we, we changed his scaling a little bit with speed so it wasn't too crazy um, but we brought all the heroes to them just just one base speed so it's fun to get around with you don't feel penalized the gameplay goes a little bit quicker as a result um, and we're really happy so far with everything we've done with them I think one of the things I want to ask too is like just hearing you explain how you all made this this latest game and how much you put stock into listening to your community and finding out what they liked what they didn't like and I know a lot of the times for community manager community dev it's like okay how do we filter out like the stuff that isn't constructive and the stuff that's great how, what, and what, what avenues are you using to collect um, you know community information mm-hmm. um, are you just like reading through what they're what they're what they're tweeting oh, about is sure. are you using a discord like how are you managing all of that information that that, that surrounds the Dungeon Defender community I get you so uh, so one thing that we, we've done is when we do the surveys that I talked about we send those out through like a newsletter and also through our Twitter and our Facebook and Discord we say here's this fill it out uh, we also use like uh, anyone who, who got the beta we had their email because that's how we sent codes out to them so after a while we sent out the survey saying hey guys fill this out like this will help uh, produce a lot of feedback for us and we had thousands upon thousands there um, but then we also have multiple like um, formats like through our forums uh, we have a DDA feedback session where we just go through we just pour through the feedback and we take notes and kind of like certain things kind of align with one another so we just make notes of that uh, we also have a um, through Zendesk we have which is usually used for support uh, but from in game it links to uh, the Zendesk site where they can submit feedback directly Oh wow! so in game they can like 
they can play and be like, oh, you know what? This was awesome. Or, oh, no, I, it's usually, I hated this. And then <laughs> so they go through and they said, this is a bug and you need to fix it. So, like, we, we do have, like, those those portals where they can um, provide that feedback directly from in-game. That's really And then cool. we see it. So instead of it just being, like, uh, you know, a lot of feedback where maybe on Twitter they might see a screenshot and it's just like, I don't like how his hat is angled. Uh, <laughs> instead, it's, like, actually really substantial stuff. Um, and then we also have, uh, like, uh, with our character models, we heard a lot of people say certain things about uh, our Huntress and Monk specifically, um, which it was mostly about like their heads because the squire has a big tin can on his so you can't see his face uh and the uh, apprentice has a big hat so you can't see his either but uh they're like the huntress looks like she's like 30 years old but she's supposed to be like a young teen and then the, the monk looks like one of the three stooges like what's going on with these um and so we took that feedback and like in our a large survey we sent out asking how people felt about stuff we kind of like started uh you know the bringing the huntress like doing some things to kind of soften certain parts of her face to make her look younger and same thing with the monk like rounding his face up because he had this like triangle strong jaw so we like soften that up a bit and we asked people do you want us to keep going in this direction and they said oh please keep doing that um so some of our artists even got really passionate about that feedback and usually it's our our uh, our senior 3d artists and our art director are the ones who were handling that stuff uh, but our juniors came in and like overnight like they spent it was only like a couple hours after work like we were like you don't have to do it if you want to do it go for it but like this is not required um, and they spent just a couple hours themselves changed the faces the next day we came in and we're like alright these look really good like we're gonna yeah. go with these so uh, which is another thing we're really proud of at our, our studio it's like a lot of people want to do the best job possible and if they see something like they'll want to, they'll just do it like they'll, yeah. like they'll run it by production first so they don't go rogue um, because we're very strict about that but they will like say hey like i saw this do i have time to do this and we'll check it out and if not they're like can i come out on the weekend and just do it myself and i'm like sure you can try like no promises uh but if you're passionate about it we want to see what you guys can do and so far it's turned out like a lot of really awesome things in the form of gameplay and art that's awesome so for me you so we, you um in terms of like the game itself mm -hmm. and that kind of like what players can expect um, coming from you know dd1 or dd2 uh is a barbarian coming back are you giving us the barbarian <laughs> <laughs> because personally, one one of my favorite things about DD2 was the barbaric. It's just a different kind of class. Oh yeah, just, for sure. Just reckless mayhem. So so for our uh, DLCs, like how I talked about, we're going to be bringing back characters. Um, that's that's something that we're still kind of talking about. But we do want to follow the, the same kind of guidelines where you know we have like the spy and the apprentice are like really well rounded where the monk and the huntress are kind of like they have either utility or just things that kind of you can't just really just build with them unless you're playing at a super high level and very active um but we do like the idea of like having heroes that come in that only do damage like the barbarian um we've even talked about like doing certain heroes uh that only do defenses so like mm. trying to get like a mix there through our dlcs is really a big thing that we're aiming to do uh and of course the barbarian is like a huge fan favorite so we definitely want to bring him back either as a barbarian or in some kind of like variation thereof art yes <laughs> no I've, I've been kind of waiting to ask more about art because the oh, art sure. style is 
phenomenal. Oh, um, thank you. I, I mean, sadly, I haven't played DD1 or DD2. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of like my first exposure to the game. Um, and when I saw the booth and I saw this people playing on the screens mm-hmm. immediately, I was like, oh my God, it's vibrant. Yeah. It's alive. It's adorable. And yet it's still like the animations in combat are also still really, are, are really good as well. Like mm-hmm. it's a well-rounded piece. So what went into kind of designing that aesthetic and uh, really kind of making it have that it it's it's kind of like a warm feeling it invites you into play and then you get in and you're in it's like a, a you know an intense like okay now i gotta find out where everybody's coming from and like it's this nice blend like what went into that so kind of like what our art direction was is we all kind of sat around and talked about it for a bit um and really what we landed on was what made dd1 feel like really unique when yeah. it came to its art style and how to bring that into 2020 and so our goal was like back in the day, like Saturday morning cartoons, like how, how like what did they do? Um, and so like within the art style, we've got uh, like we kept things like childlike, like the environments are scaled to like the characters. And yeah. so like in uh, some of the maps that we didn't show here, like there's like handrails. So instead of like they're little like kids this tall, uh, the handrails aren't super tall. They're like their size. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also we have like an outline effect to everything. So it adds like a cell shade kind of effect yeah. that has that cartoon effect. Um, and we also, along like we offer a lot of agency with our gameplay, but we also let people kind of change our art style a little bit as well. Uh, there are options that players can use if they don't like the the um, like outline effect. Yeah. They can go through and turn that off, and it turns oh, the really? game into like a more realistic looking game as well. So, because some people were like, "Oh, it looks too cartoony," and it's like, "Yeah, that's kind of what we're going for." But <laughs> I mean, if you like, if you dig the gameplay, but we don't want you to just be like, "Hate what you're looking at," you can turn that stuff off if you want to. We prefer it to oh, be wow. on because we like it a lot more, but <laughs> it's not everyone's cup of tea. So we try to like be as appealing to as many people as we can. So, wow. So yeah, so that's kind of been our approach with Saturday morning cartoons, but also giving people like what they want as well. Yeah. That's amazing. And you did this all in 11, 11 months. Yeah, it's been crazy. <laughs> UE, UE4 was like, it was like uh, like in Dragon Ball Z when they're wearing the armor, like that, and it weighs everybody down. Yeah. Like that was what UE3 was. And then we went to UE4 and it was like all and the armor. The hyperbolic yeah. Time yeah, time. yeah. 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 It was like we, we were just like uh, like Super Saiyan. And then we came out and we were all of a sudden Super Saiyan 4. <laughs> like we skipped a bunch of steps. Uh, so like the tool set's been like phenomenal for us to work with. Um, that said, we like, Again, when we come out to this uh, like packs and we talk about it with even other developers, like oh yeah, so how long have you guys been working on this? We're like eleven months now. Like uh, so, we're like, is that like I don't know? Does that mean too slow or too fast? Like we, we don't know. <laughs> we only work on our games. Uh, and they're like, no, like this. We thought like two or three years. So it's it's been really awesome to have people come out and give that feedback uh, and other devs just like or like how maybe put some fire under them to be like we should be working faster. Or something. <laughs> um, um, but then we're also they're like, oh yeah, how much crunch? We're like, none. <laughs> like we we do stuff That's on like amazing. the weekends. Like um, you know, we're like, hey, we're doing a big build coming up. Um, if you guys want to come in on the weekends uh, on like Saturday or Sunday for a few hours, not like the whole day. Uh, like we'll provide lunch, but that's whoever wants to. Like it's not like a, this person, this person, this yeah. person. Um, and so usually, like when we have those kinds of things going on, and like we'll have probably that going up to launch. Uh, we have like probably uh, four or five people come in just tweaking stuff, making sure things feel really good. 
and then we just bring in lunch. Honestly, it just it, the whole studio. I think the reason the work goes so well is it feels like we're just hanging out with a lot of friends like, yeah. for the most part. Like I go out to lunch constantly with different people from like our art team, from design, from engineering, like all across the board. Yeah. Or I'm at my desk just being like curmudgeon, like no, I got to keep working, guys. Like <laughs> go do something else. Um, but that's like a, a, a really big thing. We're a really open group. Um, like our community manager just started not too long ago, and she hangs out kind of in our design area. Yeah. But one of our artists came over. And was like, hey, we're going to get boba. Do you want to go get boba tea with us? And she's like, sure. And so now she's friends with them. And like, it's it's just a super like open and warm and accepting environment. That's awesome. Um, I think one of the other things I kind of ask is like, so one hearing you talk about the studio has been amazing. Like y'all oh, sound like you. It, I mean, you got you read you read stories about like games that are that are pushed so fast. Mm-hmm. And you hear about all the crunch and like and you see you know and y'all are y'all are like the antithesis to that y'all are like completely on the other side of the, yeah. the other side of the spectrum what was kind of like the studio's journey to like to like to this point mm-hmm. like has this always been like how everything is run or like uh, was there just kind of like a turning point for you guys like, did you see what's happening in the industry yeah. change or um, so like so DD1 like had some pretty rough development there was a lot of crunch there was a lot of stress in the studio um, so like our history way back is yeah. like kind of founded on that like there's even like some articles written about it and then we're just like we never want to have that again like i i don't want to work at a studio like that yeah. um and so like as part of leadership one thing we do is try to make sure we don't get anywhere close to that um so when again when augie uh, bought the company back in december we had like a lot of agency over like how do we want all this stuff to be set up how do we want to make sure people are happy what do we need to do in order to do that so uh you know one thing we put out was like a handbook on like processes for uh, just how to be at work, uh, which we didn't really have to tell a lot of our employees are like they're adults. They know what to do. Um, but it's just like, you know, if you ever feel uncomfortable about, some, about something, we have an HR process where you can either submit something anonymously or you can go to talk to them uh, and they'll get your like issue resolved. Luckily, we've had none of that happen. Yeah. But uh, but we started setting up processes and exp- like having rules defined in the handbook uh, that really set a good tone and foundation for what's expected within the studio. Um, and, you know, maintaining kind of like a friendly demeanor uh you know some some of our artists were kind of brand new and they came in and they were like criticizing someone's art and they were like being a little harsh on the floor and i kind of went up and talked to them like hey guys listen like it wouldn't feel good if someone did the same thing about your art yeah so like we can set up like meetings where we can go through criticism just have it like documented and make sure to be constructive and just like talking to them like that just like people like that fixed the issue like right away (laughs) since like that was what helped get them into like changing the characters like they came into a meeting with a lot of documented feedback and then we sat down spent 20 minutes went through it and our director's like yeah cool do something overnight if you guys want to and we'll see what it looks like so it's it's like trying to identify behaviors that like can be corrected before like anything gets out of hand yeah. and so finding those little things and squishing it like gives them perspective as well like oh yeah i don't want people like saying <laughs> bad stuff about mine there's a better way to do this so constantly looking for those opportunities to show the better way is what i think has really made our studio work really well that's awesome I mean, there's one more. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Do y'all have anything else? Um, I'm. Who are we fighting in in DDA? Oh, okay. So it's kind of like the same enemy over time. It's been like these old ones. So kind of like World of Warcraft a little bit. We're we're using kind of Lovecraftian lore. Uh, so it's this like ominous evil, probably a little tentacly, um, <laughs> uh, that's kind of sending out all these like or calling all these uh, like enemies 
to release uh, what the uh, the old ones are kind of bound in these Eternia crystals that are scattered throughout different maps. Um, and so once one broke, the call went out. It's like go free all the other ones. Um, so you're fighting all of those enemies that are coming. And since you're kind of thrown back in time, uh, what's going to happen is you're going to revisit some of the past battles, like especially with the boss battles. So you're going to have like the Demon Lord come back, except he's going to he looks a lot more terrifying than he did <laughs> back then. Um, we've got him kind of like uh, like tiny from Bat- Crash Bandicoot, where he's like all upper body <laughs> and like small little legs. Um, oh, that's awesome. So so we have those bosses coming back, and we're using kind of like this like time rift element to them. So like they might have some material effects to them that make them look a little bit different. Um, but we're we're really using like the same core kind of fights and polishing them up because a lot of people really enjoyed them. And then as we release uh, like DLCs, we'll be bringing in kind of like new fights or at least brought like more updated versions as well. Um, but yeah, so the old ones are kind of like the the main antagonist there, kind of working things behind the scene. Um, in DD1, we ended it on fighting an old one, and so we might do the same for DDA. I'm not going to say yet because I also don't know. Uh, so no, we're, it's we're, all good. It's yeah, all good. we're looking to support the game, uh, not just give this release out, but we are looking to get it into like 2021, potentially 2022, just giving DLC and having this yeah. live support for it. Yeah, awesome. I, I look forward to smiting them as children. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so um, where can they, you know, uh, where, where can people, whoever's listening to this, right? Like, where can they find you guys? How can they keep uh, keep up to date on oh, any, sure. anything that's coming out? And when does the game release? So we've uh, got our base website is chromatic.games. Um, but you can also find us at dungeondefenders.com. And from there, we've also got a pre-order store for right now. The game will be available on Steam and then also on the respective platforms like sites. So you don't have to just buy it off our website. You can buy it off of <laughs> the various sites once they're out. Um, that's also where we have discussions and feedback going. Uh, we've also got uh, presentations on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Chromatic Games and we're there. Um, and we're looking to release the game at the end of uh, next month. Awesome. Cool. I think, was there anything else? I don't know. No, okay. that's it. You got yeah, it. You it yeah. I blacked out. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I think it came out. No. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, for sure.